Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, 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 we're back, we're black, I feel better, and I'm wearing a brown edition t-shirt, ambition. Hey, Major. Ambition. Hey, birthday girl. How you doing? Thanks. One time for the birthday girl. <clears throat> so it turns out I had an upper respiratory infection that I had to have antibiotics for. So. Cute, cute, cute. I know. And for the first time in like 20 years, they actually had to issue me like an asthma pump because I could not breathe for real. Oh my day! They were Jeez. like, "Girl, yeah, it was, yeah." The I body guess there's like, like something going. There's a thing going around. Hmm. Well, how was Kelly? And now you make me want to say Regis and Kelly. How was Kelly <laughs> and Ryan? I saw you got to go on with her and her husband. Uh, her husband. It was only by God's grace because the night before I was still like I didn't because I didn't know what was wrong with me. So I actually went. Some of y'all, you know, old head asthmatics remember Primatine Mist. I remembered back in the day um, when I didn't have like my um, my prescription pump, I would go to the CVS and get a Primatine Mist, which is like a general pump, you know? So it's the only thing that kept me from like hacking up a lung. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can breathe. And so, but they were, I have to say, I've been on a lot of sets and hands down the nicest crew. Everyone was nice, every single step of the way. I, you know, and um, shout out to, is his name Ed? Yeah. He was like the producer of my segment. And he was saying that they're known as like the nicest um, show in television. I mean, Kelly was lovely to hear. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Kelly, Kelly was, so Ryan is actually um, sick with COVID because, you know, um, so Mm -hmm. it was her husband, Mark. Mark was nice. Kelly was nice. I mean, it was almost to the point I'm like, do they beat y'all here? Because everybody. (laughs) Do they what? Do they beat y'all? Like to be honest, I'm just like, (laughs) if they did, I think that's what happened to the Ellen show. It wouldn't be that nice. (laughs) I know, but honestly, when I tell you they were so nice and and, you know, I had such a good time and I had not felt that comfortable on set, like probably ever, just because they were so nice. And they're like, oh, we want you to come back in January to do some tips. So I'll be back in black. Oh, congrats. That's dope. Thank you. I'm excited for you. And I'm glad that you got better just in time for your birthday. Girl, I was like, yeah, live like this. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, it was. So besides COVID, because I got tested like four times, I'm like, it's got to be the vid. It wasn't. Um, it was just like I said, there's this upper respiratory, you know, it's flu season. It wasn't the flu, but there's some infection that's like floating around. And so because it's of like still all other my ways travel, to get sick, y'all be safe. Girl. Where I'm still wearing the mask. Still. Yeah, no, honestly, I would suggest it. <laughs> I So I'm yeah. still, I'm not fully like um, over, I'm like 90%, so I feel pretty good. But yeah, yesterday was my birthday. And honestly, it was one of my best birthdays. Like it was nice because I had a bunch of family and friends come over. If you guys have not seen, my friend Cabral forced us all to do the Cuff It Challenge. 
support. Ah! I had to teach us how to do it. I know it's on my IG. <laughs> it's hard. The the what I finally did that trend, and I it took me like twenty minutes. I'm like, it yes. doesn't look hard, but it's yeah, like Alyssa trying to rub your us. stomach and pat your head at the same time, kind of. No, no, the cup it. You know, like the the Beyonce. Like, no, I know the challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just hadn't uh, seen it on your page yet. Yeah, yeah. So like, um, so first of all, he made us all watch the tutorial like thirteen thousand times, and then poor Alyssa <laughs> had to guide all these old folks. Like, how, baby, how you put the music on? Hi, she was like, oh my god. So she's leading in the front. But we had such a good time. Honestly, it was such a fun birthday. Um, yeah, like, I, you know, it was like, it's my first without Jarrell. And it was nice because usually I would wake up in the morning and like downstairs, as soon as you come downstairs, it'd be like, he would have a present and balloons and whatever. And Tracy remembered that. So, you know, I came downstairs and there were my balloons, which was really nice. And I don't know, like, it was just... Like, I'm in a space now where I'm simultaneously holding space for both grief and gratefulness, you know? It's like, I didn't think you could hold both at the same time, and I'm doing that. And so it was just such an awesome birthday, just like really great food, like all the kids were here, um, like like I said, my, my Sunday supper crew. So it was just a really, really, really uh, nice time, and I was just... Yeah, it just was one of my birth best birthdays yet, and so. I feel like getting sick was one of my, you know how when you have something big coming up and you're like, please, Lord, not now. <laughs> I had to, I for the past two weeks, I have been cramming and like working so hard because my Mandy Moneymaker Academy, finally, I, mm. I, re, I was transitioning it from, I used to teach live, and you know, Tiff, I, now I'm doing an on-demand course. So okay. I was transitioning everything onto my the platform that I'm using, and it was a two-week grind, and I was mm up launch day was Saturday and you know I set the deadline myself and then I was okay. <laughs> but I got it done and okay. I'm so happy yeah everything is going smoothly I'm so happy that I made this transition transitions are hard yeah but I know what's that thing you said like you want to make decisions now for Pre like when pre-pivot yeah 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 so yeah. this was more like a pre-pivot um and an investment in like a, a you know like more expensive platform and all of that but i think it was really smooth i think all my experience as a manager trying to like you know people with change can be a little trying to tell the team hey we're going to change the way we do things that's how i feel with my bandy money makers i'm like y'all it's going to be some stuff going on you're going to have to <laughs> think about what you're going to do and you're going to have to let me know and it's going to be fine <laughs> yes um just do not be alarmed and you know had a couple people who were alarmed and panicked <laughs> of course there's always gonna be there's always a couple i know it's just like managing people like it's just like being a boss i realize that now um but yeah i'm really proud of that and uh, a good friend of mine named charity she has a book that comes out tomorrow so i want to give her mm. a quick shout out this book is okay. phenomenal she she came and talked to my makers um about it it's called power the rise of black women in america mm. it is out tomorrow and it's uh how black women embody the american dream defy oppression and win so yeah. it is yeah it's 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 a wonderful book and it's really it was challenging for her to find i know to like get the agent and get the publisher and all of that mm -hmm. because i feel like we are so used to stories of black women struggling they were like you want to write a book about how black women are doing great and mm. thriving and you know doing better than our previous generations and all of that and charity's like yes i want to write a book like that so she did and i'm so proud of her um can we so put the link in our show notes oh yes i would love to yeah yes so all the girls Shout can tell me. does she have like a, a book page or like you know like um or do we you would be directly from she does not have the budget needs to playbook for a book okay 
that's okay. I'm just, you know. <laughs> I'm just because, because in, in case she had like, you know, like charity such and such dot com or something like that. I want to, you know. But no, no I, I know. I wish I had like, I don't think so. But by the time you guys get this episode, I will have the right link. If she does have a landing page, I will have it there for you. Well, can we talk about another book by a black woman that was so transformative? Yeah. So I recently read, have you heard of the NAP ministry? Yes. Yes. OMG. Of course. I love it. So, so I've been following the NAP ministry on um, IG. It's just, in, you know, I've, I honestly just thought it was like, oh, fun memes. Memes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. So um, the woman's name who started the NAP ministry, she calls herself the 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 nap bishop and it sounds like oh cute and kitschy no it is a political movement um she's got a manifesto a book called rest is resistance and what i tell you if you are a black woman you need to read this get the get the get the audiobook it was so powerful like i'm someone who y'all know i like, like to read a lot you know listen to a lot of books but i one day Usually that's like unheard of. Usually, you know, I'll, I'll listen to over a few weeks or a week or so. No, all in one day. I literally took a two hour walk just so I can finish it. It was so powerful. Her, her like motto or mantra is rest is resistance and we will rest. It is just so powerful. The book is really just about how we were all overworked and overwhelmed and that how you do not have to earn rest. That is your divine birthright. And like, we're all doing too much. And if we would all just slow down just for a moment, you know, that we can live more fully, deeper, happier, more centered lives. It is just, it is a love letter to black women, you know? And I just, I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, like honestly, I almost wept when I finished it, honestly. Like that's how much it spoke to my spirit. Because, you know, I mean, you already know, you know, you're an entrepreneur, which just, it's, you work so hard. And I'm not saying you're not supposed to work hard, but sometimes we lose sight of like, wait, so wh when does it stop? Like, what is the end goal? Because sometimes work begets work. You know, and where do you draw the line in the sand? And it was just such a beautiful book that helped me help me to reshape and rethink what is it that I'm working toward? Um, and how do I integrate rest more? Because you hear me now, I'm, my voice sounds like this. I mean, if you're used to my voice, it's a little huskier than normal, but I was sick because of lack of rest, honestly. I was getting sick, I felt it, and instead of resting, I pushed and pushed and pushed until I got an upper respiratory infection and had to use an asthma pump for the first time in, in 20 years. Like, and meanwhile, I don't have to work if I don't want to. So it's not like, oh my gosh, Tiffany, because how you gonna pay these bills, girl? How you gonna, so it's like, so I really needed it, and I just, I suspect that most of y'all listening could use that book too. I cannot recommend it enough. It's just, it's just, it's beautifully written. She's a poet, so there's a lot of, um, that's the sense you get when you hear her read it to you. Um, but it's just a really powerful book. Rest is Resistance um, by Trisha. We'll, we'll put the link in our um, our show notes too. Um, Trisha Hersey, H-E-R-S-E-Y. Yeah, I can't wait. I That one's on my list. I, I don't know how you get through so many books, Tiff. I take walks too, but sometimes I just want to listen to the birds. And <laughs> I have a bad habit of when I have a moment of peace, I'm like, oh, turn something on a podcast, like audiobook. And um, anyway, but I, 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 I will add it to the list. I will actually listen to it, especially if it's only a couple hours long. Come on. Yeah, it's only like about five. And I'll say this, that like, so usually when I walk, I usually, I either listen to a book, <clears throat> to your point, listen to the bird, talk to a friend. But typically what I listen to books when I'm cleaning, 
you know, because I'm not going to lie. Well, I'm sure most of us, I hate cleaning. So a book helps me to keep going. So that's what I was doing. I was doing laundry and cleaning. And so it was like, keep going, keep going. So that's what it helped, you know, like uh, to do so. But yeah, so yeah, I just, it just, like I said, it was just a, it was a delight, but certainly it was definitely an eye opener of like, what are you working toward again, Tiffany? Slow down. Yeah. I'm at this period now where I really get that. And I've incorporated, I've created this lifestyle that I just love. I'm so protective mm. of it. Yeah. You know, my, my afternoons, I do take a lot of naps. I don't do this whole transformation of Mandy Moneymakers has created a space where I'm not going to be. I'm not going to have to repeat myself and do the same thing again and again, unnecessarily, you know, so where I was teaching lessons again and again live, the fact that now I pre-recorded that and I can show up and do the, you know, do the group coaching and give that guidance fresh, like I'm and able to say no to things. And I, but I also feel like we all, sometimes we are good at the whole rest thing and the, you know, taking care of ourselves. And then there's like these cycles and you kind of find yourself getting out of balance again. And that's where you like need that book or need that reminder. So I feel like this is going to be in my survival kit of when I start. Cause I'm, I mean, I, <laughs> I got some stuff planned. I'm like, Oh God, chaos is coming. So I can't wait to read that. I'm so grateful that that not only that she that this that mystery is out there but that their message seems to be hitting like we're absorbing it changing because of it i, love well, I know it. we have a guest today yeah i'm excited for you guys to meet well we have a couple of exciting things we have in-house ba q a finally we are listening we have our we've selected some listeners to join us live on the show um which we'll have our first today and then we also have another special guest aiko bathia and if you guys have heard me rave about aiko she is a diversity inclusion expert one of the originals and she is currently working at like the biggest um consulting firm i believe in dei work which is brene brown's organization and if you know Brene Brown Aiko is right there with her and she's going to come on and talk to us and I can't wait yes she's up next so we're gonna take a quick break and then bring back Aiko hey BA fam this episode is sponsored by State Farm are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers, they're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Hey, BA fam, our fellow entrepreneurs and creatives, this message is sponsored by Squarespace. It is the ultimate toolkit for crafting your online presence. With Squarespace, it's really about more than just building a website. It's about shaping your online identity and making your mark. So say goodbye to checkout headaches with Squarespace's flexible payment options. From credit cards to Apple Pay, they've got you covered. And if you live in an eligible country, they offer buy now, pay later options with Afterpay and 
clear pay, which means that your customers have even more ways to purchase your products. So head over to squarespace.com and kickstart your journey with a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, don't forget to use our link squarespace.com slash brown ambition to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Just visit squarespace.com slash brown ambition to get your discount today. Remember, your online success story begins with Squarespace. So what are you waiting for? Let's build something extraordinary together. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. All right, BA fam, you know we work hard and we play hard, but when it comes to investing and having your money in the market, you want your money to be working for you. That's exactly what the Betterment Automated Investment and Savings app can help it do. Keeps your money out there working hard and kicking you-know-what I love Betterment because it makes it easy for even a beginning investor to figure out how to put their money in the market and set it and forget it and be at peace with that because you know Betterment has got you covered with their automated investment and savings app. Their technology is going to give you advanced tools that are built to help you maximize those returns. All you got to do is visit Betterment.com to get started. Learn more about high yield cash accounts at Betterment.com. Investing involves risk. Performance not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. And we're back in black from break. <laughs> we have a special guest in our studio, Iko Bathia. Am I saying right now, right last name right, Bathia? You are, yes. Ooh, yes. That's a very juicy black name, Bathia. <laughs> it is. I could tell you stories about that name, but yes. <laughs> um, so we're going to welcome her into uh, Brown Ambition and Mandra. Tell us a little bit more about Aiko. Yeah, give me that mic. Let me tell you all about my friend Aiko. I have been cyberstalking Aiko for probably the past couple of years. And it was when I listened to an episode of Brene Brown's Dare to Lead podcast and heard Aiko on the podcast when I knew we needed to have her on Brown Ambition. But let me tell you a little bit about Aiko. She started her career as a grassroots community organizer. She has worked for the city of Atlanta as an attorney alongside someone y'all might know, Stacey Abrams. I don't know, a little little just uh, throwing that out there worked for the bill and melinda gates foundations where she started to first get um where she first started to get involved with the important work of creating things like employee resource groups leading some of the organization's first conversations around race not because it was her job description but because she knew that was at the core of what she wanted to demonstrate in her life and work she dove headfirst into that equity work full-time when she founded her own consulting firm we love a badass entrepreneur i go founded her very own consulting firm called rare coaching where she has consulted with some of the biggest corporations globally around the country for sure. And today she is a part of the Brene Brown Education and Research Group, where she is also a senior director at Frontline Solutions, which is a black owned consulting firm. Aiko says she's guided by her unique background as a black and Asian American woman with her intrinsic values of justice and loyalty and her role as a mama of two black sons. With this perspective, Aiko is able to use her her passion and drive to create conversations and change around race and equity in the communications and organizations that she serves. Glad to be here <laughs> with y'all. 
So happy to have you. Woof. All right, Aiko. So as someone who works with these organizations and helps them do better in ways that ho- that make workplaces less hostile for black and brown workers, right? What is that work like? And how do you, how, how, are, are you heartened by it? Like, are you optimistic by the changes that you're seeing these corporations make? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So one thing I probably say to distinguish some of the work I do is that I don't solely center on when people say diversity, equity, inclusion work, but I solely center on leadership development work, period. And my belief is that if you're a strong, competent leader, you're going to have diverse, equitable, inclusive teams and workplaces and higher retention. Like you can't do one if you're not a stellar leader, period, a competent leader. Um, if I were only focused on equity or racial equity work or gender equity work, I would probably be exhausted all the time. So, you know, the emotional labor behind that, mental labor behind that is concentrated in being the work and doing the work can be exhausting. So I appreciate doing leadership work as well so that people can understand the sustainability part and not just segregate it. And say, oh, that that DEI work is over there. This doesn't have anything to do with me. This is like the extracurricular work. I think that's really powerful. I'm glad you said that. It's like the it's the foundation of great leadership. It's not something that you can just have your HR director do. Exactly, Mandy. So where do you see like the biggest gaps where I mean, I feel like there were so many promises made during, you know, um, after George Floyd and you know, we're here now. Where do you see the biggest gaps where you where you find yourself saying, this is where I need to put my time and effort and energy into? I think it comes down a lot of it, especially if I'm just focusing on the global north too. Um, I think it's about people not even having the time to be human <clears throat> because to be connected to folks, for me to fully see Tiffany, for me to fully see Mandy, I need to actually not be so inundated in my own brain about all the things I need to do. So when you're always just on a hamster wheel, period, there's not that space to one, connect with people. And there really isn't that space to check yourself and also recognize the barriers that you're putting up for other people. Like that takes self-awareness, pausing, introspection, and then also the effort to retool and do something different. And so I think in the workplace, there just hasn't been enough of space for one, people to be humane to themselves or to other people. And then there's this other part about just accountability. You're going to say you're doing all this stuff or we're this type of place to work. But when people don't show up that way, are they really doing harm to other folks? And usually the same people who look the same, who are less empowered in society are the ones who are experiencing that harm. But then there's no accountability. And sometimes in some workplaces, there's actually a reward to that, right? You're not spending time trying to hold the hands of your employees or get to know them. You're just getting stuff done no matter what the cost. And therefore, you're getting more of the kudos or the bonuses because you're selling more, you're working your people harder, they're producing more versus thinking about the way that people experience the workplace or that maybe you don't have the highest retention rates or you even have lower retention rates when it comes to your black and brown and black folks your women, other folks, no one notices that because maybe there's only two in the organization anyway. 
How do you shift that perception? Because I mean, I work for publicly traded companies. And when I tell you it's all about that quarterly, you know, report, what's Wall Street going to say? How do our what's what are our margins? What's profit look like, you know, quarter after quarter? And I know you've worked for some really big corporations, but how do you start to shift that mentality of this stuff matters? Retention rates of black and brown talent, engagement rates, those other measurements that you talked about. How do you start to shift that mentality and convince them that this is good for business? So I will say one thing is the avenue that I come from is that I don't really care about the business part, right? Because that's always coming down to how much can somebody produce? And our value is definitely beyond what we can produce, right? Um, even though we think about what's a workplace there for people will say profit. The other part I'll talk about is what we do know, especially since more research has been done about this with COVID, like why do people quit and leave? is recognizing even for the great resignation, the number one reason that people left didn't have to do with compensation, didn't have to do with COVID, didn't have to do with remote work. It had to do with people saying, I work in a toxic culture. And the way they defined toxic culture was about a culture of disrespect, lack of ethics, dismissing issues that pertain to diversity, equity, inclusion. So you can't even keep your workforce. And how much does it cost to actually even hire or retain talent and to retrain talent? That's another thing. The other great thing is because there's podcasts like yours, there's things like Glassdoor, all these other places where we can actually assess what an organization is like before we buy from them as a consumer and before we even apply to work there. So there's a greater accountability beyond the walls of an organization and you know, customers, consumers, people are getting savvier. They'll get online in a heartbeat to look at what's happening or find out what happened on that runway that had uh, either clothing products or what have, have you that was disparaging to us. Everybody knows about Black Twitter. The accountability looks really different and it's very hard to recover a brand, especially when it's harmed by its own behaviors or ethics. So I appreciate those aspects of even the social media and people being more willing to be transparent about what their experiences have been at different workplaces. So if someone is in a workplace right now, there was, um, we taped the podcast, um, Brown Ambition, BAQA earlier with a young woman, woman who um, is a nurse and she said she looks around and no one looks like her. And she just feels like when she brings it up, um, the hot, the, the powers that be react from a place of defensiveness. So what does someone like that do when they are trying to be part of the solution? You know, they're not looking to accuse, but just looking to create change. You know, what are the options for her? Like, what should she be doing? So Tiffany and Mandy, one of the things I'll tell you first is that when people come to me, especially folks of color, black and brown people, and they share those types of experiences, the first thing I am counseling and coaching people around is giving themselves permission not to have to fix everything. Mm, we said permission that. not to educate people. <laughs> I feel good permission about our advice now, Tiffany. <laughs> What'd you say, Mandy? I said I feel good about our advice. <laughs> we you don't have to carry the whole world on your shoulders, sis. Yes. I pretty much told yourself. her to quit, but yeah, bring, t- give us your take. <laughs> yes, free yourself. I will tell you that after um, usually coaching engagements, I think last year or within the last 18 months, probably two CEOs who I coached stepped down. So there's this idea also centering yourself and understanding what's my purpose? What are my values? Is this aligned? Is this aligned with who I want to be as my aspirational self? If it is not, the longer you stay on that hamster wheel, the more you're going to get in a place where there's lower morale, maybe lower aspect of your self-worth, maybe 
further from your purpose in life. So I'm always centering the client about what do they want? I'm not going to ever be coaching you to code switch, assimilate and do all these other things. It's what do you want? Who are you? And who do you want to be? What's your inspired self look like? So that's the first thing I'm going to say. The other part is there's the reality of what we have space to do and not do in a given moment. So everybody doesn't have a privilege to just walk off of a job or tell somebody what I really think about you. But the idea of how do you make it so in terms of what your inspired life looks like? What are the steps you need to take? But most importantly, why are you at this workplace now and how is it serving you? So now I'm making an intentional choice, an informed choice of I'm staying here because maybe because you know what? My kids need health insurance. Or maybe it's because X, Y, and Z, or it's serving me because I'm getting this experience that's going to allow me to be A, B, or C later. But being intentional, because one of the things that we often find ourselves doing is showing up by default. Because everybody said, that's a good job and I need to stay at it. Because I should be grateful to be here. Because I don't know if anybody else will um, take me. Because I'm afraid of what else could be out there, what people are going to say about me. And sometimes it is, I'm more comfortable with the devil I know. But at least if you intentionally know why you're doing it, now you have ownership over your choice and you're not just living a life by default. So those are the first things I'm telling people is to center them versus whatever's happening in the system around you. You know, I want you to notice what's happening in the system, but I don't want you to take the default route of I have to fix it or it's my problem or I need to stay here. Yeah, I think one of the when I, we were talking to that listener and then also in my work. So I have a, um, a group coaching community for women of color professionals from ac- across the country. And I also did one-on-one career coaching, uh, just dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of one-on-one calls. And one of the, one of the, ch- I'm still trying to figure this out. I'm trying to encourage more women of color to look at leadership as an opportunity. And what I'm, the response I'm getting is often, politics, work, stress, um, won't be supported. Fewer of us get at the top that look like us. Why, how can I expect to be any different? And um, I'm just wondering if you have any, if you've felt, if you've heard the same things or if you have some, some advice for me on how I can, I, I have my own way of encouraging that and trying to not push, but just show the possibility of what can happen when we do sort of end up in those rooms and get those leadership roles. But it is one of the, the common things I hear again and again is, I know I could be a leader, but it seems like damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of proposition. I'm going to get there and I'm going to be the, thin, the razor thin margin for error is going to be like this. I'm going to screw up and get kicked out or I'm not going to have any support. You know, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think I'm going to go back to the idea of what do you want? So one is not throwing it out because you feel like this is what it's going to be like before you get a chance to be in that seat of what is it really going to be like? Like, don't close your options off before you have the experience. You can always go and be at that high level of leadership and then decide this isn't for me. But if you jump off before it's even the opportunity, then we're allowing our... um, the diminished expectations and also oftentimes, um, unfortunately, what we've seen happen to other people dictate what our destiny is. And that may not be the case. So still, it's this idea of my mantra for my um, folks, my clients and whatnot. It's really you're here to define success in your own terms. If it looks like being in that other seat, that higher seat, then go after it. But know also who you are and what your boundaries are about what you're not going to do. And if it's not, 
what you want to do, then understand why is it that you feel like this is the story you're telling yourself and the life that you're creating for yourself, because that's really important too. Because more than likely it's some kind of other boundaries that are probably that may be breached too. Yeah, it's a story you tell yourself. And it's also um no, I I, I I, I totally agree. It's like the fear of the unknown. It's also the fact that there's so many stats that tell us how bad it is. I love, I was a journalist in a, you know, my, my former career and I would write about those stats, the wage gap and the, the, pers- the women in the workplace reports from Cheryl Sandberg's organization that show how few of us are, are at, you know, as you get up the corporate ladder. And I would always just kind of be like, uh huh, not me. It can't be me. Like there, you know, exceptions to the rule. It's an act of survival, I think, to sort of, be able to recognize the stats and then also say, in spite of that, or nevertheless, you know, what what my story can be different. And that's one of the harder things I think it is for to get over that mindset hump. I think, and Tiffany's, of course, living proof of this too, is that there's also the idea of all the bright lights out there when it is done. Because if we look at the stats around entrepreneurs, women who are entrepreneurs, black and brown women who are entrepreneurs, None of us should be in the bracket we're in, right? Then there's on top of that, I always question data and how it's gathered anyway. So when I think about people in my community who are entrepreneurs and they're, you know, cosmetologists doing hair, doing et cetera, they're making six figures. That's not necessarily caught in the data. So I would have once upon a time been like, I'm not going to be doing hair. I'm not going to blow it because I can't make a living. And now I'm looking at some of my friends and colleagues who make, you know, 300000 and more and they're doing hair. And that's not something that's necessarily looked at as a career for many folks. But I'm like, you've got to be able to define success on your own terms of what you want and make it so. Because if I believed everything that was written in the stats, because we know that there's so many stories about us that are not told because no one's seeking them. And then there's the idea of what does a qualitative lifestyle look like? So there's also data that shows that many of us who work in corporate America, who are making great money um, economically, we went to all the schools that we're supposed to go to. We will die before somebody else who may be at a lower income bracket who looks like us. And I could give you a few guesses. I'm sure y'all know exactly why. And where's that stress coming from, Tiffany? Is it coming from the fact that you may not be able to pay the um, uh, light bill? No, it's coming from what? Yeah, it's just, uh, we are tired. It's funny you say this, um, Aiko, because I was just sharing with Mandy um, earlier that um, I just read this book, um, Rest is Resistance. Oh, that's for take it out. <laughs> when I tell you, every brown woman I know, get, she has the book yes. in front of you. But T has two, two copies. copies. Wait, shit, send me one because Amazon's tripping. I haven't gotten mine yet. <laughs> I am mailing these to everybody. everybody. I am mailing this to everybody. I yes. listened to it um, the day before yesterday in completion in one sitting. I took a walk. I did laundry. Yes. I it was, I wept, I cried, and then I slept. Yes, we will me, rest. Yes. When I tell you it spoke to my soul, because we are tired, I'm tired, you know, because you carry the whole weight of all things on your shoulders, and you're right. Like, I didn't have stress when I started making really good money about, you know, whether I could pay bills and everything else, but there was just this the stress of like, you know, success and, and making sure everybody else is okay. And, and am I doing right by my people? And am I doing enough? Da, 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 da. And I just, this book gave me kind of like the permission that I needed that I was already starting to give myself is that you don't have to do anymore. You do not have to qualify or quantify your life, you know, like 
if you had stayed a preschool teacher, it would have been enough. If you adjusted the budget, Nisa, it would have been enough. If you had been a mom and stayed home, it would have been enough. If you had never had children and stayed single and had your regular, it would have been enough. You do not have to qualify your life. You don't have to add on to, I don't have to do any more. I don't owe anyone, you know, and then except to show up in the fullness of who you are. And so like, we are tired, we will rest. And I, I cannot, you know, that is the space that I'm navigating from because it's just, I mean, I, I, I tell this to my mentees all the time that the real work is in the reaping, not the sowing. You know? Yes. Yes. Because Say it again for the people in the back. Say it again. I tell yes. you, it seems like in the beginning, I get it when you first start out, you're like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm putting in so much work to plant these seeds. You think until those seeds grow trees and those trees grow apples and it's more apples than you could ever hold. And at first it seems like such a blessing. And then you're like, well, where, what, what baskets am I? Well, what, how do I even harvest apples and where do I put them? And so what, meaning that like, for, I'll give you guys an example. So my book comes out, it becomes a New York Times bestseller. More opportunities hit my inbox. I say yes to those opportunities. More opportunities hit my inbox. I say yes to the, more opportunities. I say more opportunity. And before you know it, you're drowning in all the goodness. You are literally drowning in all the opportunities. And it seems like it's such a good problem to have, but it's, it is, it is the reason why my blood pressure has shot up to places where I stopped taking it because I was scared to even see the numbers 160 over something. Can you imagine? And I was like terrified to like, I got a doctor and she was just like, girl, I knew I was stressed out, but I didn't know that my body knew that I was stressed out, you know? Your body and keeps the score. Yeah. So that's another book that I've read. Your body keeps the score. And it was way before Jarrell had passed away. My husband had passed away. And it wasn't until he did that I was like, so what are we going to do, Tiffany? Are you next? You have to make a decision, girl. Like, what are we going to do? You know, like at some point you have to decide, are you going to choose life for yourself? Yes. Yes. You know, are you going to choose life? I get it. You want to help your people. You want to do good. But at what cost do you have to be a physical martyr for all the things? And so I decided, no, that I said, you have to choose a struggle. Either you're grieving for your husband or you're going to grieve for your own life. Yes. And so I decided to get healthier and I lost 25 pounds. Yeah. I eat better. You know, I work out, well, I walk and I relax more. And even like I, I have this upper respiratory like cough because I've been doing too much the last couple of weeks. But, um, and when I went to the doctor, she'd ask me like, you know, do you have like um, uh, high blood pressure, diabetes, whatever. And I was like, you know, black people, I'm not claiming it. I was like, no. And so she took my <laughs> blood pressure, which I had not had taken in like months. And it was normal. It was like 125 over like 72. Yes. And I was like, yes, yes. Because what that means is, because although I am definitely going through a seemingly stressful part of business right now, what that means is I am learning to say, you come first, and that although those things are happening, I'm not allowing it to tear down what's on the inside. And I just want to give all of us permission that as you do the good work, it starts with you. You know, it really does start with you that you are no... You're not going to be helpful to anyone broken and, and tired and exhausted. And I just, I'm just so glad you're here. So people can hear that. Yes, we want to do the good work. We want diversity and inclusion. And we, we want to have a voice and we want to sit at the table, but you don't have to do all the things by yourself. And really, Tim, I'll have a question for you. I want to ask you in a minute and maybe Mandy too. I'm write it down here so I don't forget. 
But that part of starting with um, giving ourselves permission, sometimes we don't even know what we're giving ourselves permission to do because it's so unfathomable. So the idea of rest, many of us think we know what it is, but have never experienced it, never seen it, and we really don't know what it is. And I think on some level, our body even rejects it because it's so unknown. So you're sitting on the sofa or you're doing some different things. Girl, you need to get up and do this. The the to-do list is just right there. Hey, well, and we don't know how to say no because 600 people are asking us to do stuff. So we think that if we're not doing things that are on the job, then I'm resting, but you're really not. And so this idea of imagination and world building, seeing other women do it, giving ourselves permission even to be in luxury and not feel guilty about it. But we have to start even being able to imagine it because many of us have never even seen it or felt it before. So I'd ask you, Tiffany and Mandy, like, what is it that you had to be able to do to even imagine what it looks like to rest? And one, you already gave yourself permission, but then to do it and to figure out what's working and that it's okay. What did you do? I took, I had to take like time away. You know, after my husband passed away and I realized I was just like, what is all this for again? And because I prioritized everybody and I took like time where I went to Bali for like two months just by myself. And it was there then because there's a I had to literally see something different. My therapist calls it a corrective experience because we tell ourselves this is the way you live life that you go to Bali and no one's living life that way. You know, they're eating fruit, they're taking walks, they're saying hello, they're slow, you know, slowly going to the beach. And it was like, that is a version of life that's happening in New Jersey. But here's another version of life. This is a corrective experience. You can live life in this way. And then quite honestly, I had to burn it all down. That's that episode that you said when you came on earlier and you said that that was the one that you were like, because people were upset with me for burning it all down. Because they didn't see that if I did it, I would not be here. You know? Yes. And so they did not know that like I, all that I had been doing to make sure everybody was okay, if I didn't burn it down, that all it was for them was job loss. For me, it would have been life loss. And I was just like, so sorry about your job, but kind of want to live. So I'm just, I don't know what else to say. You know, and even after sharing that, there were still some people that were like, yeah, but, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I was depending on that money for dot, 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 dot. And it was really like, it's a different Tiffany now because I'm not nearly as nice as I was. I'm still kind, but not, not nearly as nice as I was because I realized how people will pick at the bones of your body and then walk over and then eat off somebody else. And I'm not here for it. And so um, I'm still super kind. Like, you know, like that is, uh, you know, but as far as nice, no. Like, meaning that like um, the posturing, the I don't want people to think badly of me, the um, let me behave from this part, from this perspective or, or point of view. So that way on the outside, everyone is like, Tiffany's a good person. No, whatever you think about me, that's your business. I know how I operate. I sleep very well at night. I don't mistreat people. I try my best to navigate from a place of fairness and integrity and in alignment with what I think is best for my people. You know, I don't take more than I, than I, than I give. And so however you perceive me as far 
far as niceness or not, that that's not of my concern anymore. And so that's what I had to do. I had to burn it all down and I had to like let the chips fall where they may. My biggest fear before it would always be, what will they say? And I'm sure there are lots of people out there now who say, you know, things about me that are not super flattering and I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, sis. Like I paid well for a very long time. You should have saved those coins when I was overpaying you to do underwork. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh -huh. let's speak on it because I promise you, wherever you're working right now, you're not paying, they're not paying what I was paying you because I was doing too much. Tiffany, yes. So uh, I would just tell you that I took many notes <laughs> from that <laughs> from that episode that you did because yeah, it's about community. You want people to have this different experience. You want to do something different, pay people X amount, what have you. And then it was this idea of yes, I still feel like you know we're we're going to be generous in this way, but I'm not doing it for your approval. And this idea, so we talked about one, you got to have. Give yourself permission to imagine something that's even possible, right? That you may not have ever even seen or experienced. Then you got to give yourself permission. The permission may actually come first to even give yourself permission to imagine, right? And then this other part of this self-worth that you're saying, which is it can't be anchored into what the world thinks or what other people think. So that idea of going back into who am I and who's my, what's my inspired self? Am I creating a castle between that, my purpose and my inspired self? Or am I actually walking that? Because you're right, that burnout, if we're doing this in terms of pleasing other people who we're supposed to be, I always talk about it being their agenda. There's a point where we go away from their agenda to our agenda. That their agenda is you need to do this, right? You need to go to this school, work at this place, be this kind of person in the community, whatever that story of origin is for you. You got to dismantle it. And like you said, burn it down. What is my story and my um how am I defining success? What's it look like on my terms? And it takes a degree of courage and fearlessness to say, it looks like something I ain't never seen anybody else do or anybody else say it was okay. Cause I know that mama and them or whoever is going to be saying, you need to keep that good job or you need to help them people. And you have to be okay creating a new story. You have to allow adults to adult. That's what I realized too. I said, girl, you didn't give birth to no nan chicka child. The only person I am responsible for is, <laughs> is my, 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 um, you know, I look after my nieces and my nephews and my, my bonus daughter, Alyssa. And I'm like, these are adults, adults, let adults adult, you know, because sometimes I take so much responsibility for everybody's life that I'm like, that's you too, Tiff. Look at the mirror, sis. You stepped yeah, in, you decided that you, yes. you the boss of everybody, you know? And I'm just like, let, let grown people, grown people, you know? And so that was a huge one for me too. But like, I, yeah, when she told me that my, my blood pressure was normal, despite all of the shifts and that are happening. And now I've shared some of that stuff with Mandy and I'm like, I'm just like, I was so like, yes, yes, you are figuring it out, Tiffany. You are choosing Tiffany. You know, that you're allowing people to do what they need to do. You are still showing up, you know, in your purpose. Um, and you are focusing on, yes, maintaining your kindness and integrity without this people pleasing niceness that you used to bring with you because it's harmful to everyone, not just harmful to me, but honestly, it's harmful to the people that I was being nice to because it props them up for something that's unsustainable. You know, and so like, it's just such an interesting space because that's the struggle. I feel like this is why this, this, this conversation of how do we show up for ourselves while doing work, good work for the community. It's such a hard conversation to have because, 
you know, it's like, what do we owe the larger community of black and brown folks? And what do we owe ourselves? You know, it's, I don't know any other race. I don't know because I'm only black, you know, but I'm like, do other people carry so much of that heaviness of what we're supposed to do? Because Mandy and I struggle with that, right? Like Amani's our our show producer because Mandy was like, no, I want a black show producer. You know, and it's just like, because like, that's what I'm wanting. So it's like, how how many of those types of pushes are ours to have, you know, versus sometimes it's like, I'm just tired. I asked for our show. I didn't go out there and do a whole campaign for every podcast in America to get, you know what I mean? I'm like, where can I bother someone? (laughs) (laughs) I go, when you were, when you were asking that question, the first thing I thought of is when I had my son, my wake up call was the intense postpartum anxiety. Like, I needed to rest. Everyone tells you sleep when the baby's sleeping, but I couldn't because of the anxiety and I couldn't shut my brain off. And, um, you know, I credit coming up with Tiffany in a way like Tiffany's like my big sis. She's 10 years ahead of me in so many ways. And I've gotten to absorb and I've listened to everything Tiffany has said. So when I was building my business these past couple of years, I made such great boundaries when it came to my time and my schedule and charging more so that I wouldn't have to work more and, you know, all these changes. The thing is what I had to learn is other people haven't always been as as comfortable with the way I operate. And I'm going to put my husband on blast. He's very confused about how I can still be the breadwinner and take so many naps during the week. And I feel a tiny bit of judgment, even from him, when he finds he comes home early and I'm like taking my afternoon nap because that's what I do. Because I pick up that baby from daycare at 430 and I want to be on. I want to be Times Square lights on for him, Disney World, mom fun. Like I want to give him my everything and I have to give it to myself first. So I work between 10 and 230 usually for Ico. I show up. Okay. <laughs> at this time but like but it's interesting and even my mom my mom who's like I, I I know that there's so many my mom is white actually and she is still like she can't sit still Laura Jane if you're listening to this I know you listen to the show you hate when I talk about you but <laughs> the woman can't sit down you never got to watch a movie with her because she'd be doing laundry and checking that and getting up and down and I operate very differently and even from her I feel that like I'm going to leave those dishes in the sink overnight. I'm like, yep. And I deserve to sleep. (laughs) And she's not that kind of person. So if you're in a space where I'm just saying, like, if you're in a space where even other people close to you seem a little uncomfortable with the space you're giving yourself, that that has nothing to do with you. And I don't, I choose not to feel an ounce of guilt about doing what needs to be done for myself. So I keep my monthly massage. I take my naps. Um, I still bring home the damn bacon and it's thick cut. It's not that cheap shit either. It's a good bacon. Like I'm still bringing it home and I'm trying not to sacrifice myself in the, in the, in the middle of it all. Um, talk to me in a year and maybe it'll be different, but I, that was the biggest barrier. That was the biggest challenge for me was like, wait, y'all don't necessarily want to support me in this. Like you judge it a little bit because of issues that are not mine. And I can't carry that with me. And now I nap great. (laughs) Also Zoloft. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's family Mm -hmm. of origin, one. And sometimes the people who are right in our space, because it's different to them. And sometimes it makes them question their own way or how they're showing up. And I'm glad that you also mentioned just also parenting or what have you. And even... Post, I had postpartum for probably like two years, but all that comes with that, and we just don't get that space to rest, to understand even what is going on with us, 
to be able to address it. I mean, Tiffany, I'm glad that you, you know, went to get medical, you know, help checking up, seeing what's happening. I just had a call from a close girlfriend today about, oh man, I'm pre-diabetic. What is going on here? And there's so many of us, and many of us don't even have the space to get to the doctor's appointment and think about ourselves unless we, we literally steal it and say, I'm worth it. And make it happen because it, it it is not one we just are in a place where everybody works right that's your worth work what are you producing what are you doing and then to be a woman and then to be a black or brown woman and be able to say i'm worth it and i deserve this and i need to do this for me that's a whole nother type of mental trip to have to push back on our struggle is just so damn romanticized that's the thing so what did you do to earn all this you must have struggled right yes um, I won't name names, but Tiff and I were on a call with a, you know, a, a, a businessman. And one of the first things he said to kind of like, was like, oh, well, you guys know I had a really t- a tough upbringing, like almost like we also must have had one. And that's how he was going to connect with us, you know? <sighs> and it just, I still think about that conversation. And it's like, is that what you think? That's our, everyone's story that we must struggle. What's that struggle of? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A woman told me the other day, she was like, um, yeah, because you know, I grew up in the projects. I was like, oh, that's nice. I didn't. So anyway, sis, what are you talking about? And I use the word sis lightly, if you would, you know what I mean? I was just like, what is that even? That's how you're going to connect with me? Like, you're black. You must have grown up in the projects. And I'm just like, I mean, no, I know, you know, but uh, what is that even? I just... Ugh. I don't even know if people realize sometimes we just be so tired of y'all sometimes. Like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we be so tired. I'm like, I mean, literally, I had a woman the other day, I was like sitting in a chair, I was taping some show and she was like, I thought she was doing my hair. She was petting it. And she even said, oh my God, I'm so sorry, girl. I just love your hair. Don't mind me petting it. She <gasps> used the word pet and I pulled away and just looked at her and I just was like, do you? Do you Wait, like what was, this at? Is, was this just like in a public place? No, I, w- I was doing a show. So I was getting like oh. hair and makeup done. And so I was just like, you know, I thought, you know, I was like, okay, the makeup lady. And I thought the hair lady was going to, but I was like, I always come my hair done because what are you going to do? You know? So I thought that she was just rearranging it. And I was like, this doesn't feel like it. And it was just like, so I looked at it. I was like, is everything okay? She was like, I just love your hair. Don't mind me. I'm just petting it. And I just was okay. like, I just... I'm like, ain't y'all tired? Because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I know mean, what do you do? Yes. If what we, do you if we do? Just yes. All the way rewind when you were saying, when some of your clients are saying, hey, but if I actually elevate, I have this razor thin space. And then there's, you know, of course, the higher you go, the further you can fall. But there's also what's in that razor thin space? What are all the, um, opportunities that are actually taken away for you to be humane because that's what that razor thin space is so one you know looking a certain way talking a certain way not being able to make mistakes not being able to push back and ask certain questions especially as a woman of color not being able to hold boundaries i mean it's not just that it's a razor thin space it's about what is all of the humanity your humanity and opportunities is taken off the off the plate you can't even have your hair a certain way without somebody wanting to touch it or someone meaning, what did you mean by that? Having to code switch constantly. People don't understand the price behind that. And even these other things, when you think about the experience of Black people in 
the U.S., especially if you're thinking about deal, you know, descendants of slave, it, there is this rooted history of trauma, and it is hard for someone to actually accept and think, "Oh, wait, you had a different experience than me," because I can't even imagine it. Because what could that be like? And it's that idea of modeling that this is what it could be like, and this is what you have to do, or the decisions we may have to make that are different that could be unheard of. And I know that I have to do constant unlearning because of how I was raised and in a low income household in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And what was normal is not what should be normal for everybody. But I have to constantly tell myself that instead of looking at other people sideways of what you don't do such as that <laughs> or, 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 you know, diminishing somebody because they didn't have this experience is considered the black experience instead of thinking I'm not trying to rewrite that story. For my kids are imposing on other one, other people or make them feel less than because they didn't have it. But that takes so much awareness to have to do that because in the moments, I do have these moments aside, I like, wait, what? <laughs> and I have to say, but wait, do I want somebody else like me to have had that experience? I don't want you to have had that experience. I'm glad you didn't. That means we're getting closer to having more spaces where all of us didn't have that trauma. This was such a nut, much needed conversation. I... Honestly, I just want to thank you so much for for coming on, for pulling out of us like what so many of us are thinking and feeling, which is this this diversity inclusion work starts within to decide what is it that you're wanting. It really starts with you. It's not external work. You know, that's the biggest takeaway that I took away, that it's truly internal work and you work from that place. If you don't have to solve every problem and fix every issue and you know, that if you do that internal work and if everybody did that, you know, that's how we move the needle forward. So we just want to thank you for coming. Thank you for having me, Tiffany and Mandy. I appreciate it. I actually appreciate you all just modeling and speaking these things over and over because more of us need to hear it. More of us need to see people doing it and modeling it for us to even think it's possible to live a, a different way. Thank you, Aiko. Where do you want people to find you? Send them to your website. What are, what are we plugging? Tell us everything. Thank you. So website is rare, R-A-R-E, coaching.net or on LinkedIn, Aiko Bethea, or on Instagram at rare, R-A-R-E underscore coach. We will link follow all of that in our social, so, I mean, our um, description show notes. So, Okay. Thank you again. Thank you both for um, having me here and also for the work that you all do. And the honesty. I really appreciate the honesty. Oh, that's what, if there's one thing we were out here is honest. Sometimes we forget. <laughs> I'll be at the shop right. And someone will be like, girl, I heard what you, I'm like, I said that to you. there, public floor specialist the other day. And I'm like, oh, I did talk about how I have a weak bladder. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, because me yeah. and Mandy, we're just usually just talking to each other in an honest way because we're friends, like, you know, for real yeah. in real life. And so it allows us to be honest. And so people get a, like a, a peek in. To like what that what that's like. So, yeah. so thank you again for inviting me. Thanks so much for making it happen, Iko. Take care. You head into the nap to nap now. Hey, VA fam, we could not do this show without your support or the support of our team behind the scenes. The Brown Ambition Podcast is produced by Cumulus Podcast Network. It's edited by the wonderful Imani Crosby and produced by Tanya Bustos. Dennis Stemplinski is our in-house tech guru. And I am Mandy Woodruff-Santos, your co-host. And I will see y'all next week. 
The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.